Welcome to big. Welcome to <laughs> it can never be too big. Remember that, Jeffrey. It's not, I know, it can never I know, be too I know, big. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Welcome to episode 57 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Paulina Poroskova. What did that mean? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guy. <sighs> Hello. It's Gabe Sachs. Oh, it's Gabe Sachs. I'm so sorry. I think I don't you know got confused. The, I don't know where the name came from. It just popped I, in my head. I it's know. So, it's so crazy. It, 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 same thing happens to me. It pops oh my in God. my head at that, random times, that, too. That's so crazy. Hey, um, where are you? Are you in- I'm uh, in uh, New York City. New York yeah. City. Very nice. Beautiful. Uh, it's a little warm. Uh, yeah, it's a little warm. <laughs> I think I was in- Was I in Atlanta for the last one? I don't even remember. You know what? You are the world traveler, so I just, you know, when you're there, I'm excited, and you're somewhere. That's all I, I care am, about. You're somewhere. Yeah, I think I was in Atlanta after our last recording, and now I am in New York for a little while. Beautiful. Soon to be in L.A. with you, Gabe Sachs. Excellent. And We've got in, a lot of places yeah. to go. we got things to yeah. make up for. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, God, I've totally forgotten our format. Um, <laughs> we're doing a podcast. That's what we're going to do. Podcast. Yes, that's right. That's what I've heard. Right. Uh, my brain has been scrambled by almost three months of international travel. Yes, this is true. I believe, yes, I went to Paris on April 29th. We are recording this on July 29th. It uh, has been a lot of globe trotting. Yes. For the past three months, I've been a lot of places. I saw on my little app that tracks such things. I have racked up eighty-five thousand air miles in you three months. You are kidding! Oh my gosh, that's amazing. How about that? I've been around the world over three times. <laughs> you can have a lot of trips. You can do a lot yes. of trips. And how I have you been, it. my friend? What I've is been going well. on? Well, I've been well. I've been. Uh, Shooting, I made a couple of completely unnecessary camera acquisitions that oh I do boy. not need, but I'm very excited about one of them. Yeah. Uh, one, one I basically tripped on at a thrift store, so I'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, you just, you, you know, it's insulting to the store and the camera if you don't buy something at a thrift store that you don't need. So I hear you. I hear you. That's that. But I will tell you this. Do you know what year it was 57 years ago? You're not, no, um, no, 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 I'm not going to, nope, nope, I see you. He's got the calculator out. Oh my God, the abacus, you don't need an abacus. It is 1966. Here's, here's what I will, it's 1966. <laughs> and I will tell you, that number came easily to mind. Yes. Because my beloved younger sister, who I just saw. Yes. In Atlanta, my sister Jill, I adore her. She was born in 66. How, and what so a great year. I know how old she is. That so is I fantastic. know that the most notable event of 66 <laughs> was my sainted sister's arrival on this planet. That's amazing. Can I tell you the second most notable thing that happened? Yes, Jill please. <laughs> what else was I born in 66? Say, I will say, we've talked about this, and you know it's one of my dream cameras. Yes. The Roloflex SL66. Oh, my goodness. It man. is okay. All a right. camera that I may have. The, there's some rumors on the internet that I may be able to try one out for the first time in my life. I am trying to make connections to make that happen, but it will be very exciting if I'm able to just squeeze that shutter and uh, take some pictures with okay. it. Okay. So Here's what excited. I know about the SL66 yes. that I would like you to add on. Yes. It is Roloflex's answer to the Hasselblad 500 series. It is 100%. a similar right. similar form factor, shoots two and a quarter square, right? Mm-hmm. And it is reputed to have the extraordinary high-quality glass for which Roli is so justly renowned. Yes. And it is also rumored to have the reliability problems for which Roli is so justly renowned. Would that be a fair assessment? You know what? You really nailed it. That's the perfect description. The question is, this has always honestly been my question, is why that camera? Like, I'm wondering if yeah. it was because that they were answering the 500 series Hasselblad as opposed to the TLR, which feels like they did not have as many problems. And yeah. it didn't have that reputation. Sure, things go wrong, but when you get a, you know, a Roly, you know, whatever, 2.8, a Rollacord. When you get those fixed, it's like a brand new camera. 
it really is true. it really is yeah i'm not sure the sl66s and the reason i say this is because when i am at a repair place uh you know i was i think it was steve's camera years ago in culver city california and i asked i said oh my gosh is that an sl66 and they just looked at me and shook their heads like don't yeah. do it it's yeah. gonna be i know they don't last very long so i have heard this but why um, are they so expensive jeff uh well i guess it's probably because finding one in work, working order is virtually impossible oh um I mean, you know, the funny thing is this sort of extends to my beloved Roloflex SL350, which is a 35 millimeter SLR right. that I was not even aware of for years. The uh, German only uh, evolution of the SL35, which is a beautiful SLR that has the same sort of chronic reliability issues. It's like whenever Roli's stepped outside of their TLR comfort right. zone, Disaster struck. Roli 35s, I guess, are pretty reliable. The Did they make series. that with someone or no? It was just there. Originally, it was their design, and then they began manufacturing them in Singapore. But I Got believe it. the SL66 is made in Germany. Oh, interesting. So no, oh, well, I, so you have your eye on one of these. I have eye on one just to try. I'm going to try it. Hopefully, this person will send it to me, and I will get to try it, and I'll be very excited about that. Okay. And then... I will tell you this. Do you know what yes. else was introduced in 1966? What else, man? The Pentax 220. I don't know what that is. Ah, Pentax 220. Interesting, right? What is a Pentax 220? Well, it was a 220 camera that was introduced. Um, and guess what it was the precursor to? The 6x7? Yes. Isn't that Never interesting? heard of so, this thing. So they didn't do the Pentax 220 and they went to the 6x7. I'm confused and delighted. I never, I never heard of it. But it this was, was a production so I, model or a so prototype? So I guess that the, um, the photokina or photokina, or you know how you, yes. you do your yes. accent, it sounds much better. <laughs> photokina! Uh, yes, it's much better. Um, it was introduced there, so that sort of made sense. It was like, here's this new thing. It's a 220, and, but they change it. They so change they it. never released this commercially. No. This was one no. of those, those chimera cameras yes. that, we, that are so tantalizing yes. like the the leica half frame that they were going to do right. or the the one that i always think about do you know what the original production name of the pentax spotmatic was no i think we talked about this once the pentax metallica oh that's a very rock and roll name that's what it was going to be right. called and there are pictures of it with the metallica badging on it but they never oh, made any man Pentax 220. I got to look that up. That what up. else, Gabe? And then I will say it's Petrie, correct? The Petrie well, Racer. Petri. Petri oh, we talked of this Petri last Racy. episode. Yes, but yes, they uh, they started in 1966. There's sort of Have a you, there's a world yeah. of of different like adjustments to it, but yes, yes. The Petrie Racer. What a great name for a camera. Yes, is a rather attractive. Workaday 35 millimeter, which I would compare to your beloved Yashica Electro. They yes. are very nice cameras. I slandered Petri in our last episode and got spanked for it. So I am now, see what I do now? I have just reversed field. I'm a will of the wisp. I'm impossible to pin down. I love Vivian Meyer. She's the most significant photographer of the 20th century. Oh, finally and figured this out. Petris are great. There you go, guys. Look, <laughs> quote me. The Petri Racer. What a neat camera. Okay. Yeah, there you Anything go. else That's, from 66? Those are, my top, those are my top threes. Fantastic. I love it. Well, we are going to do a little recap of recent activities and acquisitions. And then, of course, in the back half of our show, a extraordinarily prodigious mailbag. <laughs> uh, we can't believe it, you guys. Uh, much, much appreciated. Let's dive in on the acquisition front. You alluded to. To acquisition. What's mm. happening, man? Okay, so there, there's a few things. Um, uh, one, I'm not sure I showed, but this is a, a little while ago. But um, did we talk about the Nikon uh, cool pics with the projector? Okay, so let, let me explain. Let me explain this to you. Okay, oh, what? So Which this, cool pics model this is this? Camera is the. Uh, of course, I have no, I, it has, of course, no number right here, but everyone will say uh, S1000. 
Coolpix S1000. Needless to say, I don't know anything about this thing. Anyway, let me tell you a little bit about it and how <laughs> I came to needing it. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. It's a camera and the quality is just fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm at one of these beers and cameras events. Yes. This gentleman comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder, takes a picture of me, and then immediately projects it on the ground. Wow. I'm going, what? Gabe. This is the best best party trick I've ever seen. So all of us who are watching are going, oohs and ahs, oohs and ahs, right? And then all of a sudden, we're all turned around quiet as we're checking our phones on eBay (laughs) to find the nearest one. And it's like everyone, everyone's outbidding each other. They're not expensive. But what a fun thing. You take a picture and then you project it. I don't know what the the purpose is, but it's, yeah, it's pretty Can you project? Does it shoot and project video? Um... That's, I haven't gotten there yet because I've had so much fun with it. Um, okay. It's really, it's a, it's a fun camera. Anyway, that was, wow. while, that was a while ago. Okay. All right. More recently, which I talked about Allie, and I got the, um, the Nikon D700 SLR, which is yes. about 2008. Yes. 12 megapixels. It is amazing because I what? received, I ordered from... Uh, KEH. I got a very good experience with KEH. I got my 50 millimeter 1.4 yes. lens and it is spectacular. It is wow. really, I mean, I just love the, the entire setup. I think this is a autofocus lens or a manual focus. Everything's lens. autofocus. You can use manual lenses, yeah. but um, I just love the, the autofocus on this this one because I love the 51.4 now what are you enjoying I, okay because you just got your up to the minute Canon uh, what R5 I have the or up to the it minute is. it is so clean that Canon and so yeah. perfect that that becomes sometimes less character you know oh. I love it and yeah. I use it and it's perfect for work stuff and things like that but there's something about this older you know the how the color rendition is and I just I think it's the D700 is a great, great camera, and I'm really happy with it. And the portraits, I'm doing a shoot tomorrow, but I did a couple uh, a couple days ago with it, and it's fantastic. Like, I really, really like it. Like, that's a camera that I did not know, but Ali said it's, you know, she told me why it's unique and, and on and on and on. And now, uh, of course, the prices are going up, but I love it. I feel like you're now becoming one of those Digicam guys I've heard about. No. No, but yeah, I love that. I do are. love that. You camera. just said two digital cameras in well, a row gonna, that are. Vintage. I'm about to give you a third one. Oh, what is so happening to this podcast? I am. I am at a thrift store. Okay. And a big shocker, and I go to the front case and I see this, which is a Nikon Coolpix P7000. Oh. And that looks a little like the, the G, uh, the Canon G, right? That's what C- I was going to say, series? which I had and loved. Yeah. What is it? P7000, P7000. you say? P7000. And I, yeah. I said, why not? It didn't have a charger. It had a battery. So I said, I'll take, it was $15. Nice. And then when I looked up how much they were, I said, I'm going to take a chance on it. Because if it's a couple hundred dollars used, why not? Yeah. So I took it. I bought my $8 charger and uh, as good as new. Wow, and so, I like it, but I think I may even sell it at some yeah. for a, like an incredible deal or trade them for something. So, anyway, just uh, getting more stuff I don't need. Look at you, three <laughs> digital camera three digital acquisitions yep. in a row. What yep. is? Yep. I don't understand what's happened to you. I leave you alone. <laughs> I, this is the problem for a few weeks, and what happens? <laughs> yep. If you were here, you could say the words, and oh, yeah, but but I'm um, clearly. There's no governor. No. Oh, my God. Look at that. Well, listen, I understand how nice that form factor was because even after superior quality iPhones came along, I was still shooting my Canon PowerShot G10, which my son Henry used to call the PowerShot Jitensha. Do you know why? (laughs) Why? Because Jitensha is the Japanese word for bicycle. Huh? So good. And, of course, because he speaks Japanese, he would know that. Exactly. Bilingual puns. Right. Um, 
Wow. So so you did have an orgy of film camera acquisition in our last episode, yes. but it's been all digital since then. Yes, this is true. Did you ever require did you ever require that waist level finder for your contact 645? I did not. Is it still being hunted for? Yes, they're very expensive. Oh. Like it's the kind okay. of thing I don't know if I could try it out cuz I don't know anyone here in California who has one, but they're um they're in the $300 range or some crazy amount. For, oh, geez. For just yeah. that. And I'll see. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk about kind of how your sense of what's expensive gets warped by this hobby. Yeah, I know. Because I used to balk at spending more than $50 on a camera. But when you <laughs> spend a little time in X-Pan land, yeah. your everything opinion gets cheap. warped. Right. Yes, everything seems cheap by comparison. Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to tell you, is that, does that conclude the acquisition section uh, of, let me look around, for Gabe Sachs? Maybe, Anything else? Open boxes? No, I yeah, think, that's, yeah. I think okay. we're there. Yeah. Well, I have uh, one thing to talk about, which I alluded to in our last episode. This is quite a change of heart for me, Gabe. Hmm. May I present to you the Minolta P's. <laughs> P apostrophe S, printed on the camera. Wow. Well, I, you need to, I need to know the story like of the camera. Like how, the what is the meeting okay. where they go, this is what we're going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Why is it called the Minolta Peas? I have no idea. In other parts of the world, right. this is called the Minolta Freedom Vista. That's mm -hmm. the U.S. name. And in the U.K., it is known as the Minolta Riva Panorama. Those are all boring names. Yes. The Minolta Peas. Yes. Now, my girlfriend's nickname is P. So, yes. of course, the Minolta P's is excellent. I'll tell you something else. This camera comes in many colors. And I oh, want to talk kidding. about that in a minute. Okay. So, when I first became aware of this camera, right. I had read, I was, you know, doing my usual Googling about panoramic film cameras right. because I'm now a total X-Pan convert. And, of <laughs> right. course, we're all talking about the new Wide Lux that Silver Grain Classics is working with Jeff and Susan Bridges to put into production. So we're thinking about panoramic film cameras. As you know, there was an entire class of cameras in the 90s that purported to be panoramic. And all this meant was that they had a little slider on the back that would slide a mask down over your 35-millimeter frame to give it a different aspect ratio. Oh, interesting. Okay. But in most cases, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to give away... 50% of your frame just to have a shot that's a wide rectangle. Right. This camera is an exception. This camera has no slider switch. It has a 24-millimeter lens, very wide. Mm -hmm. One of the wider lenses I've ever seen on a compact point-and-shoot. And it is masked all the time. You cannot shoot full frame with this camera. If you look through the viewfinder, I don't know if you can see this. I don't know if you can see what I'm doing. But the viewfinder has a panoramic frame in it because you can't shoot any other way. This thing is so small. I want you to look for comparison at my Olympus XA4. Exact same size. Oh, wow. Exact same size. Thinner. Right. Thinner than the XA4. And little slider on the front. Dink. Slider. Point and shoot, tiny flash. Mine happens to be the quartz data back version. Nice. Okay. This one is gold. Uh, I have shot a whole roll through this, and okay. I decided to shoot with Ferrania P30, which is ISO 80, because I thought, let me shoot a slower, fine-grained film so that when I blow this thing up, it will not be a grain festival. Right. And it might look nice, and I... Just took that roll in yesterday, and I will keep you guys posted about how these shots come out. But this is a cult object. If you look up those three names, you will see lots of particularly YouTube videos of guys and gals who love this little machine. It is so incredibly pocketable. I mean, wow. completely pocketable, and it's a panoramic deal in your pocket at all times. You never have to think any other way. You look through it panoramic frame it is very much like the x-pan frame to my eye maybe even a little wider 24 millimeter lens 
Gabe, I used to be a computer science major and a math nerd, and you'd think I could work out whether a 24 by 65 frame with a 45 millimeter lens is the same as a whatever by whatever frame with a 24 millimeter lens, but I couldn't be bothered to find out. (laughs) I will just say that the images I have seen taken with this camera are quite lovely. Oh, I've never seen any. And the lens is no slouch. Do you feel like you might want one? This looks good. And I also huh? just saw a beautiful blue one and a red well, one. Wow. Well, here's, here's what I'm debating. Now, remember, I have not gotten a roll back yet. Right. Okay, so I have no idea whether this thing is any good. But this thing came in gold, black, blue, red, and green. Wow. I kind of want them all. And I will tell you this, including shipping from Japan, this was 100 bucks. The paint wears just like the X-Pan on these things. The paint chips off. But come on, $100 camera as opposed to a $4,000 camera. I kind of want to get the full set. Yeah, no, that's Is that a good crazy? Idea. Is that a crazy thing to do? Well, to get of course three it's crazy, more of these? It's, it's insane. It's very exciting. I'm really thinking about it, guys. And I'll probably, if I do it, I will do it before this podcast goes out. Because as we know, the I Dream of Cameras effect... The iDoc effect causes cameras' values to skyrocket Sky when we talk rocket. about them on the show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I found this thing uncommonly pleasant to shoot with, and I will tell you the punchline on the whole thing. So I shoot my roll. Mm-hmm. It, when it rewinds, it leaves the tab out. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Gabe, it I know. leaves the tab out. That to me is like, courtesy that's yes. like a courtesy thing it like cares, a nice is what you're saying it cares it doesn't right. make me use a leader extractor to get the leader out right anyway i kind of love it i kind of want more of them i'm kind of a little bit obsessed with it as you know this is not my jam at all no okay a masked panoramic point and shoot who wants that noise <laughs> now i want four of them well i'm excited to see the quality of them i just have no idea about that lens but i'm excited to see it yeah very nice one other thing while we're talking about cameras and colors. Uh, I was doing a little research about the Olympus Stylus, uh, a.k.a. the Olympus Mew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I noticed that Blue Moon Camera had a chrome, and when I say chrome, I mean reflective chrome version for sale instead of the normal 200 to $250 this camera would go for. It's something like six or $700. Would you pay extra for a reflective chrome finish on a 1990s point and shoot? Okay, this makes me crazy because I <laughs> this applies to a lot of camera purchases, right? Yes. So there's a lot of times you will see a camera, let's just say whatever, you know, you'll see a camera that's $150, but in the perfect color or the perfect black or the perfect whatever. It's $350. Yes. And you're going, that's the same camera. And But the problem is that I know you definitely can't do this. I can't do this either is to say, it's the same camera. I'll just yes. use it. Tell myself it's the same camera. Yeah. I can't do it. I need to have the actual. Yeah. It yeah. makes me crazy. I mean, yeah. witness your quest for the brass black Nikon F. Oh, yeah. I'm still I on mean, that quest. Yeah. Same camera. Same camera. You could get it in Chrome like today. I know, but I did find it. That's all I care about. Uh, are I you going to get that it. thing? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna I'm going to trade them. I think they're open to trade. So okay. I think I'm going to bring a bunch of stuff in and see if they'll just, you know, look, it's not that expensive. Yeah. Be, but um, I'm going to see. Um, one other thought in this realm. So <laughs> it's been a while since we've talked about the Nikon FM2T Year of the Dog camera. Oh, boy. I thought you had this out of your head. But no. Yeah. Here's what happened. I have a bunch of these bookmarked. There's three or four of them on eBay. One of them has dropped precipitously in price. It's about half of what the other ones are going for. Now, this is still an expensive camera, guys. It's about $2,200. The other ones are $4,500. But explain why. Why I would want it? No. Why is it $2,200? Because it has a dog on it. That's right. Now, I would like us both to do research i want us to find the 89 year old man in new york city 
who will engrave the exact dog no. onto your camera. No, 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 no. I no, guarantee no. you it will be less than that. No, no, I don't want it <laughs> engraved with it, somebody else's dog. Here is something that I concluded. I was talking with my girlfriend's son about this, and mm-hmm. I said, how do you feel about a Nikon FM2T Year of the Dog camera? And he said something which I think <laughs> put the final nail in the proverbial coffin. Yes. The, the dog in question is a Shiba Inu, or it looks very much like a Shiba Inu. And he pointed out that it is the Doge, like Dogecoin. It looks just like that dog. Oh, boy. Like a meme dog. No. It looks just like that. Yeah. And so he pointed out that if you carry that camera, you are kind of meme guy. Oh, boy. That's You're a really kind of good point. Doge guy, Elon Musk guy, incel. Right. 4chan. Yeah. Uh, boy, did I do a boy, did I rope a lot of people together in that rant. Right. I no longer think I want it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm right? with him. I'm with him. It would be like having a camera with Pepe the Frog on it. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that, but if I did, <laughs> I might pick that up. Just so you Listeners, know. how do you feel about this? Listeners from around the globe. We need help. Is it wrecked by the fact that it has this particular dog on it? If it had a pug or a boxer or a spaniel, would you want it? These are the kind of hard hitting questions that we don't shy away from here on I Dream of Cameras. You know what happens? Other podcasts do not even touch this controversial. They won't touch these issues. They're afraid. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's why you come back to us. Because we'll right. always help you with these hard decisions. hitting questions. Yes. Uh, one other thing I want to cover before we move on to our prodigious mailbag, unless you have another topic. Well, okay. no. I mean, I was going to say there's a couple things. Um, I did go picketing yesterday. Oh, let's hear about it, man. Let's hear about our union. I want to hear it. I went picketing yesterday with uh, Martin Starr. And huh? Ryan, ha- Ryan Hansen, both of which yes. were on Party Down and been in a million other things. Silicon Valley, Tulsa King, you know, Veronica Mars, Ryan. Yeah. Great guys. Um, so we're picketing and I bring my Leica M6. You have and not told me about this. I know. I just brought it and I was so fun to shoot it. You know, it was just fun. Like wow. Bending was there. And, and so I got some shots of everyone just sort of picketing away but it was it's an easy camera to carry around and and this is what i my point of all this is that i am really getting conscious of the weight of cameras oh and so when i am out i am like i love the lighter camera you know i just love it and i think that when i'm out just shooting realizing with all these heavy cameras that i do have it's nice to just have that camera and just shoot. Any of the M's are sort of, you realize aren't as heavy unless you put some monster crazy lens on it. So I've become more conscious of that. Let me ask you this. Uh, is it the weight or is it also the bulk? I think it's both. I think you're, you're absolutely right. If there's a bulk issue of an SLR, like if I'm going, like tomorrow I'm going to do a shoot and I'm going to bring my bulky cameras. I'm going to bring, you know, contact 645 and Hasselblad and you know but I'll have those in a bag and I just you know I'll do a digital portion then go to my car and then get the film portion and 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 get that done and um but I think it it is there's something about that weight and the bulkiness and it's just so easy that and then and then I look at the other thing I was thinking about is when I didn't think about any of this and I only had one camera I really love my pictures more with like at Freaks and Geeks. All the those black and whites I took was with the same M6 classic yeah. and that 135 millimeter because I had no other choices. But I just sort of, you know, I love the simplicity of it, I think. I am with you. You know, it's interesting you're mentioning this because obviously the camera for the last month has been the X-Pan. Right. And... That's heavier than an M6 with a substantial lens on it. It's a pretty heavy little camera. I mean, it's rangefinder form factor, but it takes up some space, and uh, it's not pocketable by any means. And this is unusual for me because I typically gravitate toward things with a wrist strap. 
Right. And things I could stick in my pocket. That's why I love half-frame cameras and so forth. And I was starting to feel, not that I'm falling out of love, but I was starting to have a little X-Pan fatigue just because taking that camera out is more effortful. And that's why I think this Minolta P's experience was kind of delightful. This thing is like nothing. Because it was just there, right? You just take it out. It's just there. Yeah, and it's in my pocket all the time. I don't even have to think about it. I took it on a bike ride. Like, I would really hesitate to take an X-Pen on a bike ride, particularly after my experience recounted in our 50th episode (laughs) where it bounced into the air. Yeah. So I'm with you. I hear you. It's why I enjoy that. It's why I enjoy the XA4, you know, like Minoxes. It's why I like something that's a little less serious in a lot of ways. Um, And... But, yeah, the reason I was asking about bulk and weight is that, of course, a lot of these newer SLRs have so much plastic in them that they weigh less than an M6. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. In and fact, you're really aware of it. I'm aware of it now. And also, it's so funny you said that because with this D- Nikon D700 and this, um, maybe it's a 1.8G that I got. Maybe it's a 1.8, not the 1.4. And yeah. it is so light. And it really, all the weight is on the camera. So that's, it's, that's another interesting thing. It's not, you know, the old Nikon lenses are definitely heavier. They're, I'm sure they're better made, but, you know, I'm definitely noticing that weight, that change when you put a lighter lens on a, on a camera. Definitely. What kind of reportage were you doing with the M6 out on the picket line? Were you just well, taking was, pictures of your friends? It was or really, I was recounting? taking friends. I was p- t- walking and people talking and. Um, you know, the funny thing is like Martin and Ryan are into this one game, right? Like I'm not a gamer. I don't know enough about them, but it's just so funny because you would think they would be talking about some giant political, you know, yes. strategy yes. that was going on. So, uh, there was a lot of that and it was, uh, it was very fun, but it was just fun to have the camera with me. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was exciting to shoot. Did Annette Benning notice it? You know what? Annette was giving a speech during the time, but I we didn't talk about the camera. Oh, okay. We were talking about All Mark, right. who, who represents both of us. All yes. right. Yep. I just wondered. I just wondered. Okay. Yep. That's excellent. Well, I wonder. I had one other thing, but I wonder if it's time to move on to our extremely Oh, go ahead. Mailbag. Come on. What's your other thing? Well, uh, I bought this Minolta piece from a reputable dealer in Japan. I think you know where this is going. There was yep. a little snag. Little snaggeroonie. When the thing arrived, no wrist strap. Right. There was no wrist strap. And I looked through all the packaging and I looked through the envelope in the packaging and the shipping envelope. There was no there was a the case was in there. The case, the camera, no wrist strap. It was in the picture. So I messaged the guy and I said, Hey, listen, uh, no wrist strap. He said, I included the wrist strap. Uh oh. I said Guy, there's no wrist strap in here. He said, did you look through all the packaging? I'm afraid to offer you a refund. I will need to see a video of you unwrapping the camera. Uh, I said, no. I said, I don't have a video of me unwrapping the camera. I assure you I went through everything. Why would I do this? And he said, well, I've had a problem in the past with people saying that parts are missing because they want to knock some money off the price. Which I guess I understand, but I felt that was rather rude. Yeah, uh, so I said, dude, I have an unblemished eBay feedback rating stretching back 20 years. I'm not making this up. Will you knock $10 off the price? And he said, certainly. And he did. That was so nice. You see? So he, it, Look, it, a it, lot of people yeah. are used to people. It, it's not our fault. It's just they're used to people that are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Not reputable. Yeah. Which so I got a nice strap for about seven bucks and I'm perfectly happy with it. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's not original. Of course. Now you're gonna take pictures. That's why you have to get the other four colors because yeah. I get Yeah, it. I know. I know what you're saying. I know. Yeah. Uh it's it's anyway. And why and you know, I don't even want a wrist strap with this thing because it makes it less pocket whatever. Anyway. Uh <laughs> I guess it, I, as I said, it turned out fine, but I, w- I really could have done without the little, the little hiccup. Right. I get it. Yeah. I see. All right. Well, here we go, gang. Uh, you wonderful listeners 
have within two weeks completely refilled our prodigious <laughs> mailbag. <laughs> uh, there's lots to talk about. Uh, and shall we just dive in? Yeah, dive in. Come on. Here we go. Our first email comes from by <laughs> Brian Chiaravale. Oh, well, that is Chiaravale. I love Brian Chiaravale. Do you know what that means in Italian? Clear Valley. Really? I think. I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, correct. Or it might be Chiaravale. Right, I, I, exactly. I don't know. Brian. No the uh, subject line, dark bag antics. He says, gentlemen, developed a couple of rolls of film yesterday. I loaded the reels onto my trusty Patterson reels using a dark bag. Get this. I did it at night with the lights off and I kept my eyes closed. It went so fast I practically finished before I'd begun. The biggest problem I have with the plastic reels is knowing which way to twist them to separate the halves to remove the wet negatives. I'm always afraid of going the wrong way and kinking the film. So I took a sharpie and marked little arrows all the way around the outside of the reels to be sure of twisting the right way. Smart. Oh, Here's yeah. what I don't understand. How do you see them in the dark? I'm confused. Oh, he's saying once it's done. Right. That's what he's saying. Right. Very smart. This causes me to throw the question to you, Gabe. Have you made good on your vow to start processing your own film? Uh, I I did. I did this a, about a month ago, and now huh? I am going back to it because I'm sort of still cleaning out the office and getting rid of cameras and stuff like that. But yes, I am going right. to do that. And, good. and stay tuned for the end of summer because I am going to finally set up that enlarger. So it'll take oh, a while. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Our next email comes from, I want you to come up with some sort of music cue. Yes. Because we have four emails from this gentleman. So I think he deserves a little music cue. And oh, I just want you to say something like okay. ding dong okay. or something because we have four emails and I just want to give him some acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. This email comes from Alan Perez. Okay. Subject line, camera shops. How about finding a place to post the names of all the recommended camera and photo shops all around the world? Your mention in the podcast doesn't mean we can find them again. Gabe, are we going to do that? Here's what I think. Yes. I think that if we can figure this out, like the massive development chart. Yes. Like if we could have a resource where P the iDream of Cameras camera shop resource, I would yes. use it all the time. I'll tell you. I would too. At, at I traveling mean, anywhere. We should do one, it. Yeah. Back in the days of Car Talk, they yeah. had a section of their web website called the McCann X-Files. <laughs> where they would list auto shops that their listeners had said were reputable and good. Might we do this down the line and do a directory of beloved camera shops? We just might. Listeners. Great idea. Would you contribute to a crowdsourced database of blah, 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 blah. Thank you for that email, Alan. Next email comes from another reliable emailer, Tom Northenskold. Listener service opportunity. Basically, here's what he's saying. Guys, I know you both love your Nikon FM3As. Here's an opportunity to do a solid for your listeners. I call the FE2 an FM3A that needs a battery and costs one-fourth the price. Interesting. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. He says his local camera shop, National Camera Exchange, has an excellent condition FE2 for 250 bucks. He is recommending that we publicize this fact. It is at natcam.com. Look, his general thrust is the FE2 is great. Stop fetishizing your FM3A. Would you agree with this sentiment, Gabe Sachs? Well, I have a very important question. Yes. Does that have aperture priority? Yes. The FE2? Yes, it does. Uh, change your answer. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Say it doesn't. It's a much easier response. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. First of all, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Um, also, I got this as a gift, so I, I'm so thankful I have it. But the FE2 has aperture priority. Yes, this it does. This is really interesting. Hmm. I believe all the Nikon FEs have aperture priority, if I am not mistaken. I don't have I'm one. so sorry to tell you this. Gang, do you agree? Is this hype? Is the FM3A overhyped by this very podcast when FE2s can be had for 
substantially less money. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you for that email, Tom. Next up, Robert Coates. Subject line, M42 cameras and favorite camera store. Hi, Jeff and Gabe. I have recently started down a dangerous... I have recently started down a dangerous for my wallet rabbit hole of M42 cameras and lenses. It started with my dad's old Ricoh KR5 with an adapter and Helios 442 and then continued to, I've always been fascinated by this camera, the Fujika ST605 that he bought for $44 with three lenses to use for the frugal film project. I recently bought a Mamiya 1000 DTL after Jeff's praise of the model. Thank you, Robert. But I'm wondering, what is the most beautiful made quality M42 camera? In your opinion, I have heard good things about the early Pentax and the Icarex 35TM. Wow. Let's start. Let's handle that before we go to the rest of this. Wow, Gabe, you, you should start this because you're more familiar with the Pentax cameras and the M42 uh, mounts. But what's your like favorite? If you had to have one, one to take on a trip, yeah, Spotmatic F. That's it. I'd, it's hard to get me off this, guys. And there are a lot of very nice M42 cameras. As I said, I like these Mamiya's quite a lot. And they have spot metering, which ironically, as we know, the Spotmatic does not have. I think Spotmatic is the handsomest 35mm camera ever made. Uh, many cameras, like the Mamiya, like the uh, Roloflex SL series, rip this thing off because right. its clean, elegant lines are so delicious. So for me, Spotmatic F. Do you have a response? Mm, he's it's thinking. Such a, it's, it's, it's such a tough one. I mean, look. I recently remember I had the Spotmatic in that grab bag. In yeah. That, uh, $50, <laughs> you know, I got a bunch of things. One of those cameras. It is a great camera. It's let me ask you. Let me ask you a question a different way. Okay. Tell me which camera, which M42 with the best quality lenses would you pick? So forget it. Still. Forget it. it has to be the same company. Still. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, look, I love this new Pentacon that I got. Right. And the Carl Zeiss Yena lenses are great. Good and luck I'm finding sure that camera be... anywhere Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a Contax D, that's not that hard to find. Right. Contax D SLRs, the problem is they're not very reliable. No. Spotmatics, pretty damn reliable. The Spotmatic is a K1000, guys. Stop fetishizing your K1000s, okay? The Spotmatic <laughs> F, same camera, but with the vast universe of M42 lenses. Right. Get yourself a Spotmatic F, kids. Uh, so, yeah, I, I still, you know, the super multi-coated Takamar, baby. Right. One of the best 50s ever made. So, and not expensive. They're not that expensive. So, yeah, I would stick with that. Okay. Fight me on this. There you go. Ah. His email concludes, also want to shout out my local camera store slash lab, Southerland. That's S-O-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. Photo in Huntsville, Alabama. Recently got a good deal on a beautiful 1938 Contax 2. Oh, beautiful. With a 50-millimeter F2.8 Tessar lens. Robert Coates. That's a good tip. That's a beautiful. That is a good tip. Thank you, Robert. Our next email comes from, get ready with that music cue, Beow. Alan Perez. Oh, wait. 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 Uh, do our next before? email comes no, from, bum ba -da yang Alan Perez. He says, <laughs> after listen to <laughs> after listening to I Dream of Cameras for what seems like a long time I discovered the non-merch part of the website and saw that there are a lot of interesting episodes I never heard so I started with the pilot you know you two have a promising future thank you Alan <laughs> I next listened to number 14 how we shoot as Jeff interrogated Gabe all about taking people photos and wondering how much of what Jeff learned gamed out when accompanying P around Central Europe to photo shoots uh, I still don't know anything, man. I, it's a mystery to me how uh, photographers work with models. I did, as I said, I observed this, but could I replicate it? Not yet. Uh, and I've never seen Gabe do a photo shoot, which I would really like to do. Yes, we'll so have to make a plan. The, yes. the truth is, Alan, in response to your question, I've learned nothing. Uh, he says, <laughs> well, back to listening. Priority to episodes with mention of the Roli 35 or Petri Color 35 in the show notes. Good thing I am retired and have some free. Alan Perez, thank you. Alan, next up, the return. Tom Northenskold. He says, I've already sent you links from my favorite camera shop, National Camera Exchange in Golden Valley, Minnesota. 
They have a fabulous suggestion. Uh, they have a fabulous selection. Their ratings are honest. Return policy is fair. They are natcam.com. He said, Jeff, they have a very good condition X-Pan with excellent optics for 3500 bucks. That's the going rate. It's the going rate. But uh, thank you for that tip, Tom. Next up, Andrew Lawson, hmm. assorted stuff, no praise. That's what he says. Here's what he said. Good morning. Having discovered and then spent the last four months catching up with your many episodes, I can confirm that your podcast is better than average. Oh, well, I'll take that. My goodness. I, that's not praise. <laughs> I'll take it. That's, that, so we'll that's take it. That's how much it. I need praise. Yes. He also said, Jeff's obsession with his new X-Pans has prompted me to pull mine from its place of rest, having been put away since the birth of my first child. Time for developing and scanning will have to be negotiated carefully with a block of Delta 3200 in hand at 2000, same time as DDX at HP5 at 800 conveniently. I have been rediscovering the delights of the panorama. Glad to hear we inspired you, Andrew. He said... On that theme, I think Jeff is perhaps taking the width of his panoramas too seriously. As we all know, it's not the width that counts, but the aspect ratio. <laughs> and there's always the 30 millimeter to seek out if he remains unsatisfied. I can't do that, guys. It's 4,500 bucks. He's enjoying my work from Central Europe. He said, I don't think you've mentioned the new CT scanners. Yeah, we talked about this. They are film assassins. Uh, and we're going to talk more about this in a subsequent email. His PS says... I'm not sure whether to feel sad or relieved that none of your Scottish monikered correspondence featured in this week's mailbag, and we were at least spared the accent. I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew Lawson! <laughs> next up. The next email comes from... Sing it, Gabe. Bum, bum, bada, bum, oh, that was kind of Seinfeld. <laughs> Alan Perez. So he says... The subject line is Jeff's Instagram follower count. He says, so Jeff's follower count on Instagram has gone up significantly. I'm on the cusp of 12,000. Yeah. Yeah. Is he personally and unintentionally driving up the desire for and price of X-Pans and XA4s? Is it time to move on to other cameras to lust after? <laughs> Gabe, do you think, seriously, hmm. are we affecting the prices of the cameras that we promote. Well, look, I'll tell you, whenever I listen to any any podcast, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm that person. Or if I see someone's great picture, I go, oh my goodness, I got to check everything about this lens. So possibly, possibly, I, I think we, look, we have millions of downloads millions. for every episode. Right. Millions. Yeah. So it would be surprising if we did not move the needle. <laughs> right. Okay? Uh, he goes on to say, as a parenthetical, all of the above said only in jest, can only wish him all the best with his beshert. Gosh, you're nice, Alan. Thank you for that. Our next email comes from female correspondent Jerry Andetto. She says, in response to episode 54 email from Martin McPherson <laughs> regarding pinhole slash building cameras. He says, hello, Jeff and Gabe. As a quick response to the subject of building kit cameras and pinhole cameras brought up by Mr. Martin McPherson in episode 54. Yes, I think you should talk about pinhole photography more. My longer response, I thought I would share my collections of both categories with the podcast. I'm attaching photos of my pinhole cameras and my hand-built cameras. There is some crossover. She also has posted these on her Instagram and tagged the show. So, guys, go to her Instagram, which is at DedoArts, D-E-D-D-O-A-R-T-S. Here are some of the cameras she mentions, a Goodman Scura, a P120 panoramic made by Kurt Mottweiler, his, her grandfather's Graflex Century Graphic, Vermeer Anamorphic, P. Sharon Panoramic, P. Sharon Pinhole, Wood Black 69, Vidi Pinhole, Lomography Constructor, Goodman Zone 120. Have you heard of any of these? No, but people who are into this, like she is you know, building stuff and they're usually a beautiful cameras. 
Unbelievable. And number two, they're able to get shots with pinholes that I am not. Unbelievable. So I'm always fascinated these, to see it. Oh, my God. These cameras are stunning. Yeah, beautiful. And she, she said, by the way, that the Goodman Zone kits, which were gifts from her husband, were 3D printed by the Dora Goodman Company. And, of course, oh, wow. Dora Goodman is a legend in the th pinhole community. This is an amazing email, and these photos are great. Please go to Jerry's Instagram and check them out. Thank you for writing, Jerry. So cool. Next up, our favorite Pinchon character, Laz Canny. He says, X-Pan maybe. Hey, guys, checking in again. I know there's been a lot of discussion about X-Pans getting wide lately. He recently picked up a Mamiya 7-2 at a local camera show, Photographica. Laz, are you in England? Did, were we at the same camera show mm. and didn't see each other? <laughs> Perhaps you were with, I wish I could reel off the names of some other Thomas Pinchon characters to make this joke work. Anyway, he says, by the way, do you have a Mamiya 7-2, Gabe? Why are you hurting my feelings? It's almost uh, over. You're hurting oh, my feelings. Oh, it's the one you got rid of. This is the one I got rid of for like I, so little money. It just kills me and I, you know. Oh, Nuts, yeah. I'm so sorry. Never mind. That, ne that never happened. The results on 120 are amazing. Some of the sharpest negatives I've ever seen. But he oh. said what interested me more was the 35-millimeter adapter kit. Now, we've talked about this a little bit, but this particular kit that he used in his Mamiya comes with a rewind crank so you don't have to futz around in a dark bag out in the field, which is what I had to do with my Pentax 6x7. He includes many shots that he's done with this configuration, which are exposing the sprockets. Oh my God. Mosh pit shots, shots of a band on stage, uh, a wide screen shot of a really cool looking guy with a beret and a cigarette and a car. These are amazing. Really cool stuff. Gabe, have you ever experimented with these masking kits? Never. Never. That but that's another I feel like thing. This there's, is there's right there's up never your alley. ending stuff I want I know. There's never ending stuff I want to try, but that's yeah. yeah, they're amazing. They look amazing. Laz, yeah, these are really, really cool images. Thank you for sharing them. Next up, another female correspondence. Ms. Michelle LeMay. And she reeled off a list of subject line things. And I'm going to go through these very quickly. Michelle, you are one of our favorite correspondents and we love hearing from you. Number one, she loved episode 10. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> Do you even remember what episode 10 yeah, was? Yeah, it was one might have been to us. That's yeah. our problem. Uh, she's been working her way through the oeuvre. She says, I have no longer have the faintest idea what it was about, but I know I've been wanting to tell you it was great. We do not like praise. <laughs> Number two, episode 15, fight me. I love Swirly Boca. She's been on the verge of dropping four grand on a dream lens. You are kidding. She also loves long exposure water shots. Ooh, Michelle. <laughs> Thing three, she says all her cameras are too heavy. All of them. Yeah, I agree. She says, I don't want to travel with film ever again after listening to your recent experiences. I'm buying a Ricoh GR3X and no one can stop me. <laughs> Number four, actually the film shooter in me needs a viewfinder. I'm buying a Fuji X100V and no one can stop me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Think five, neither of these cameras is available for anywhere near retail price. B&H won't even let you order the Fuji right now. They're just like hard no disaster. Think six. I don't understand why you people are in NYC all the time and never organize an iDoc photo sit. She wants a photo sit. Gabe, you are going to be here soon. I'm going to be there in a few weeks. I think we make a plan. I think we put we the might word do out it. to our people, to Sissy Lou, to yeah. Chris. I think, I think uh, yeah. I feel like it could happen because I have not met. I mean, obviously, we know Chris Chu, but I don't know a lot of the New York peeps. Yeah, Chris Chu, be on alert. <laughs> okay. I we're think, we're, uh, we'll we're cruising through the mailbag. Yep. Okay. So there may be a photo site sit first two weeks in August while Gabe is here. So right. be on alert, guys. Next, our final of four emails from... <laughs> Alan Perez. He forwarded a New York Times article called Capturing a 21st Century War with 19th Century Technology. It is about a photographer named Edward Kaprov, with a K, who is using wet plate to make photographs of the Ukraine war. Google this, guys. It's a very yeah. good article, and the photographs are luscious. Thank you, faithful correspondent Alan Perez. Next up comes, I think, perhaps one of my favorite emails in this prodigious mailbag. It comes from Ira Dubrow, Instagram Ira Dubrow. 
regarding airport security issue number one. He says, here is my high-speed travel film that magically converts all ISOs into 3,200 film. <laughs> he included a sheet that could be printed onto sticker material that says 3,200 ISO. So genius. That's the answer, guys. I'm going to do this. Yep. I swear I am going to do this. I may just even do, like, just take a uh, Brother P-Touch and put 3,200 ISO. Yeah. What are they going to do? Are they going to argue with me? Right. I don't think they are. No. That is a great idea. Has anyone else tried this trick and have you had success? Let's hear from you. But Ira, great tip. Next up, our penultimate email from the prodigious mailbag. This is a long one. So I'm just going to digest it and say, this is another beautiful email from our correspondent, Kieran Richardson, who really, if he is not already, should be blogging about photography because he's an excellent writer. Yeah. I'm going to run down the subjects that he covered after listening to our episode 56. His subject line, from babies to bulk loading, TLRs to typewriters, AI to the EU, a novella. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First item, your package has arrived. He says, I have been shooting a bit less recently because my wife and I had been expecting this, our first child. Best wishes to you. He brought a 1960s TLR to the hand, with a handheld flash to the hospital to take shots of the birth. Gabe, thoughts? My first thought, is he saying that his child's more important than Cameron's? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, get I, your priorities I in mean, order, man. I, I mean, maybe that you should focus on the important stuff in life, <laughs> like a new lens or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, TLR in the delivery room. Thoughts? So here's my thought. My thought is that I would not be able to do it because it's, it's about keeping a steady hand. You know yes, what I'm saying? Exactly. It, and exactly. I feel like it depends on where you are situated. Um, I think they could be really cool shots, but it's just very, I just, I don't know how you figure that out. I could never out. do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I could never do it, but I, I admire you. And Kieran, God, let's see. Kieran is on Instagram. He is shooting underscore old underscore glass underscore. Follow this guy. Kieran, did you post any of these shots? Uh, if they are beautiful and you are comfortable sharing them <laughs> i sure would like to see what you got exactly. okay next up bulking up he talks a little bit about bulk loading he says i wanted to silence the little jeff greenstein voice in my head that tells me to bulk load every time i hand over great sums of cash for film so he got the gear he is but before the bulk loading gear had even arrived in the mail he resolved to jump right in do some scanning started researching shopping for the gear he's basically giving us credit for pushing him to do this you are welcome kieran let us know how it works out awesome number three are you bulk loading gabe i am not but that's okay. because you've been gone too long so I when you're back you need to sit down with me i have the i have the reels i have everything to do it i just need some moral support yeah his next paragraph is TLR Twin Lens Rant. He says, I know we've had Roli and Marie Nikondo episodes that covered much of the TLR in Gabe's smog-like <laughs> medium format treasure hoard. I love that image of you as a dragon yes, uh, yes. overseeing a hoard of TLRs. But maybe a TLR episode is still needed. Okay, and he goes on to talk a lot about his favorite TLRs. It's a, I mean, really, he goes into a lot of detail, which is really beautiful and well thought out. Do we need to do more TLR coverage on this podcast, Game Sacks? I agree with that wholeheartedly right. because I love right. TLRs. Yes. He also says in the next section, he says, I am still curious to try or own a Roloflex. Borrowing one isn't really an option out here in semi-rural Australia. He's on, a uh, he's on the hunt for a clean D through F model. He said this, Jeff, knowing the photographic company you keep, I know your 3.5E would be in great condition. So should you ever decide to part with it when you need to finance your third X-Pan, please let me know. Kieran, game on. <laughs> DM me. I would think about it. 
Yeah. Gabe, who no doubt sleeps on a bed made of Roloflex cameras <laughs> and knows them each by name. If you can let any of yours go, please get in touch. Exactly. Gabe, exactly. got any superfluous Roloflexes might, for our friend? I might. Let's, let's see what Reach happens. Reach out to us, man. We might do it. Uh, here is a topic that I'm going to shorthand because I think we might want to cover this in a subsequent episode. It's a little bigger than mailbag. He said, Skynet, I don't want to be negative but I'm compelled to comment on the hijacking of lens and camera hashtags by digital shooters and AI pictures. I don't think you've touched on AI images yet on the show, and I think it might make an interesting topic for sure. Yeah. I think we're – so just know, Kieran, we bookmarked this for future discussion. Beautiful X-Pan content. He basically says nice stuff about uh, how great these X-Pan shots are. And I'm going to read something, even though I don't like praise. But he said something really sweet that moved me and my girlfriend. So I'm going to read it. Is that okay? Of course. Tell me if I should cut this out. He says uh, he loves the European camera content on your page and the IDOC page. The behind the guys, behind the scenes, wide angle insights are fascinating. Very happy for you and Paulina, too. It is wonderful to see two people find happiness with each other. This is sweet as can be. He says, I realize as I write this, it might feel strange to receive comments such as this from the I Dream of Cameras listenership, whom some, same from a long, couple of long distance and long winded emails, are otherwise complete strangers. But to those of us who have listened to 56 plus hours of you on podcasts, it does feel like we know you at least a little bit and i think entitles us to find some joy in your happiness brace for praise it is a testament to the authenticity you two pour into the show that it inspires camera nerd introverts from across the world to write to you to detail their cameras experiences life milestones and even their dreaded praise please please don't ever stop this podcast as i look forward to listening in each fortnight how lovely is that that is so great i mean Karen, I really was moved by that. And I know we don't like receiving praise, but this particular brand really moved me. And as I said, I shared it with my girlfriend. It was really nice of you to say that. Um, it did remind me that in a much earlier episode, Disasterama, I did share when I got dumped my previous girlfriend. So you guys have been with me on a journey. Oh, yes. Um, and thank you for the kindness. It's It really is meaningful. Finally, he says... Just my typewriter. This is not camera related, but he has acquired an an Olivetti huh, Olivetti Lettera 32 in sea green, and it's amazing. Beautiful typewriter. Beautiful. Talk about it, Gabe. Do you know that typewriter? I love it. It's really sleek. It's it's you know the color's awesome. It's it's a great typewriter. That's a truly portable typewriter. It's really wow. Good. Kieran, really, incredible email. We love hearing from you. S you know, rest up and send us another novella yes. soon. That was great. Our final email comes from Brian McDonough. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this fast because we're well over the hour mark. Holy cow. My goodness, my goodness. Mini review of the Olympus XA. Your bete noir, Gabe. Do you he think says, I'm, a, I'm entertained by this? It's very upsetting. Go on. Here's what he says. I was he just has talking an about this the other day. Oh, right. you were? All right. He oh, says, having used the camera for a couple of rolls, I can see why Jeff sees the rangefinder as being superfluous, but for the moment, I find it reassuring. For those of us not accustomed to using zone focus and reluctant to embrace it, the XA is the perfect introduction as it has a rangefinder to fall back on when we get scared. Also, I don't have your endless bright sunshine here in Ireland, so wider apertures are more commonly needed. I think this makes zone focusing a little more reliable. Oh, sorry. I think this makes zone focusing a little less reliable. One quirk of the camera is the sensitivity and low profile of the shutter button. Very true. I find myself probing with my finger to find it, and then it goes off before I'm ready. You are absolutely right about this. One benefit of the sensitivity is that I am shooting slower shutter speeds than usual, something I never do with a more cumbersome plunge button. The shutter speed indicator in the viewfinder works well, but I am not enjoying the jam jar edges when composing. I believe they distorted the viewfinder so it matched the lens focal length. Well said. My hit rate so far is well below that of other cameras, but some of the shots I've taken are very impressive. Coming from such a diminutive little device, the lens is as sharp as they say. Finally, he says, I absolutely love the form factor. It is the most pocketable film camera I have and most capable per square inch. Truly a design masterpiece, and I am very happy to now own it and shoot with it. Despite its quirks, continued best, Brian! P. 
P.S. He says, it's official. I now dream of cameras. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's the best part of that entire yeah. year. So uh, Brian, exciting. great review. Great review. Keep shooting with this. I have a feeling you might be on an inexorable path to an XA4. Might be happening. Ugh. Look, you're know, great Gabe. with it. My issue is Gabe. that I need the original one that's a rangefinder, right? May, he's talking about that one. Maybe yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. Maybe that's what you want. Yeah. This brings to a close our prodigious <laughs> mailbag. <laughs> Guys, you can always write to us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com. This email ran, this email bag ran 15 deep. We that's love great. that. We love hearing from you. We love this conversation. You guys are the best. Gabe, this has been episode 57. Anything we missed? Anything we didn't cover? This is shaping up to be an XL episode. I think we did well. I think it's good. I'm excited about it. I'm also excited because I'm going to see you quite soon. Yes. Early next week, I this hope. Is, this is happening. Very it excited about this It's been too, too long. Thing. I miss your tender touch. Yeah. And so <laughs> very excited to see you. Um, gosh, what? To, okay. As always... <laughs> I always now Where laugh when I think Where are we? Inst Instagram. Okay. First of all, go to idreamofcameras.com. As was mentioned, all the old episodes and all the old show notes are there. Okay. And of course, links to our prodigious merch page. Okay. So go to idreamofcameras.com. You can follow the show. I dream of cameras on the Instagram. Gabe, what are you on Instagram? I think I'm Gabe Sachs on Instagram. He's Gabe Sachs on Instagram. <laughs> I am S. Jeff Greenstein. Because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon. Uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, like so many have chosen to do. Um, exactly. Exactly. Whom do we have to thank? We have to thank Keith Greenstein for our amazing look and our personality when we hand yes. out stickers. So it's really yes. amazing. And yes. the amazing uh, Like a Q2 owner, Fred Corey. Yes. Who also sure. has a Rolleiflex, who also went to a camera meetup and got all Unreal. kinds of information. So we thank Fred Corey for his sound and also giving us a personality. So uh, very excited to thank him. Yes. Hopefully going to see the whole the three-fourths of the yes. gang will be together in Los Angeles soon. Excited about plan. that. Gabe, this has been an enormous expenditure of energy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, and I would like you to perhaps walk us out of here with some final thoughts. Here are my final thoughts, okay? What I have found is that when I am switching from digital to film, which happens often, yes. I am overjudgmental of the imperfections in the film. What? And I'm realizing that that's what I love about film. But when I'm looking at two things right away, I'm going, oh, wait, there's a little thing here and it's a little, you know, it's not perfect and on and on. So my final thought is to embrace the imperfections of film. What? I love them. I love film and I love when I see little imperfections, but that's what makes film film. It feels more artistic. So all of you be artistic until next episode. Enjoy. Enjoy.